This is What Book Hooked You. I'm Brock Shelley, and thanks for listening. In this episode, I talk to Mindy Arnett, whose newest book, Onyx and Ivory, comes out on May the 15th. And in this conversation, we'll talk to Mindy about the books that have been some of her favorites and have really inspired her over the years, and what went into writing her newest book, Onyx and Ivory. So listen in. So, Mindy, what book hooked you? Um, so there are many, many, many books. It's a really difficult question to answer. But after thinking about it for a little while, I decided I wanted to go with The Hero on the Crown by Robin McKinley. Um, so an oldie, but very much a goodie. And so this isn't one that I, I've heard of it, but I don't think I'm intimately familiar with. So tell me a little bit about the book. Okay, so it's a, it was a Newbery winner. It was published, I think, in 1982. Um, it was very, it's, it's still fairly popular. It was very popular um, when I was growing up. I read it, I think, when I was around 11. And it is about, it's a, it's a really, it's a young adult fantasy before we really had a young adult category. At that time, there weren't, there wasn't like, you know, huge sections in the bookstore dedicated to young adult. Um, but it is about a girl named Erin who is, the daughter of the king, you know, kind of, kind of fairly typical fantasy in that sense. Um, and she becomes this world famous dragon slayer. Um, it is beautifully written. It has, um, there's a horse relationship in it. I'm a big horse fan. Um, and so as a kid, especially that drew me into it. Um, it is just a gorgeous book. It's, it's very, very feminist, um, even for the eighties. So, and it, it, it's one of those books that has influenced, my writing time and time again in ways that I actually weren't even truly aware of um, until going back and looking at parts of the story and thinking about it. And so you said you read this uh, around 11 Uh, Mm -hmm. at that age. Were you a big reader or was it like certain things? Like you said, you like horses. So was you would read horse books, but that it's kind of where it started and stopped or, you know, what were your reading interests around that age? Um, I was a huge reader. Uh, I always have been. I read lots of horse books, of course. I read uh, Walter Farley's The Black Stallion series, The Island Stallion series. But I had always been a big fan of fantasy. I had read all the Frank L. Baum's um, Wizard of Oz series, which are, you know, there's like Godzillion of them. Um, I had, And by that time, I was starting to read adult fantasy as well um, around the same time. And usually when I'm asked about my early influences, I pick um, – an adult fantasy by an author named Jennifer Robertson. Um, she had written the Chronicles of the Chase Suli series. And that is probably the, my true first book that inspired me to be a writer. Um, but because I've talked about it so much, and I know that this other book also has more quietly influenced me was why I picked that one. Um, but I read a lot. I, you know, I, I, there really wasn't that young adult category. So I went from reading books, you know, middle grade books like The Black Stallion, right into very adult fantasy. So with being this uh, reader uh, and going, you know, from what you could find written for for YA and for kids and into adult uh, fantasy, at what point did you kind of get the desire or the idea came into your mind that you wanted to create your own stories? So actually, I wanted to create my own stories before I realized that you could create your own stories. And, you know, and that sounds strange, but when I was little, 
I, I love to read, but I never thought about where stories came from. They were just there all the time. My mother was a big reader. My sister is a big reader. She's four and a half years older than me, which is partly why I started reading adult fantasy so young because she was reading them. Um, and so when I, I would read stories and then when I played with my toys back, you know, pre Netflix, you know, iPad digital age, um, I would create very elaborate stories with my toys. Um, and they would be, you know, there'd be princesses that were captured and kidnapped and rescued and all these things. So the storytelling part was always there. I didn't realize that I could actually write them down and be a writer myself until I actually hit the sixth grade. And that was the year my teacher at the time gave us uh, a short story, creative writing assignment. She gave us basically a first sentence and said, here is the first sentence. I want you to write a story using this as your inspiration. Um, and the moment that happened, and I, I say this often, but it was it was literally the equivalent of, you know, Lucy stepping into the wardrobe or Harry getting his Hogwarts letter. All of a sudden, I could go anywhere at any time, all within my head or, or within my space of sitting down. Um, so that was really the the catalyst for me to start the storytelling process. And so when you get move on into your teenage years, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of times readers change like those passionate young readers when they get into their adolescence because of whether it's hormones whether it's social pressures high school activities things like that they change as both a reader and and sometimes a writer did you find that was true for you or was reading and books still very important during those teenage years uh, and it, they were still very hugely important I've actually never had a period in my life where they weren't um, and that I, I can't say that that's true for all writers because I've never asked the question. But for me, I mean, I, I read it's it's habitual. I, I it's compulsive. I, I read every day, at least a little bit every day. Um, and I always have. Now, some of my interests have expanded, of course, as I got older. Um, you know, I, I discovered Stephen King. Um, I have a love for uh, supernatural thriller, not necessarily horror, but I like scary stories. Um, I like crime stories. I like romance. Um, so those have definitely broadened as I got older away from, you know, the, the fantasy was, was my very first love, of course. Um, and then it broadened into others, including science fiction. And, you know, I, I'm not a terribly wide read reader, but I have a lot of interests. And so then at what point in your life, you know, you were, you were creating these stories in some fashion for so long, but at what point did you sort of pursue uh, wanting to become actively published or want to call yourself an author where there were stories of your creation for others to read? Um, so the publishing journey for me started really once I hit college. And I had been writing short stories um, exclusively for years. I started again in the sixth grade. Um, and then once I got into college, I took my first creative writing class. And this was the first time I got – I was – Um, I I met another writer who did publish short stories and I realized that this was something you could actually do. And the the thing that a lot of people don't understand that younger people don't understand today is that it was a lot harder to get published, you know, even 10 years ago, you know, the, the tools, the way to do it were not easily accessible the way they are now. You couldn't just jump on Google and say, how do I get an agent and have a million hits telling you what, what to do. You had to actually go to the bookstore or the library and buy books and look, you know, for magazines to submit. So it took me a long time to kind of realize that this idea of being a writer was something I could, I actually had the power to do. And that happened again when I was in college. And I decided at that time that I wanted to publish short stories first, because I didn't feel ready to write the novel 
Um, and I kind of wanted to validate myself in that sense. I wanted to see, can I write, a, you know, can I write an effective story in a short piece and get it successfully published? And then once I did that, it took me a couple of years. Um, but once I got my first sale there, um, I did a couple more and then I started, I shifted over into novel writing, which, which is actually truly my, my love. I, I enjoy short stories, but my primary love of reading and writing is the longer format. So when you were writing those short stories, what did they typically center around? All my short stories were horror fiction, <laughs> surprisingly. I, I did write a couple of fantasy short stories, but for the most part, I my short story motor, let's say, is just geared towards um, scary stories. And I think it's partly because, you know, in short stories, you you like to leave with a good cliffhanger or a good, like... You, they're almost centered around a moment, like, you know, you accomplish one moment. And usually that's the moment of horror that you reach at the end of the story. And I found that I was really good at doing that. Um, and so once I realized I was good at doing that, that's what I wrote. Um, and actually that translated really well into novel writing because my chapters tend to be kind of the same way. I tend to end on these, um, what, what, we, what we call in the business kind of symbol clashes at the end of the chapter. And I, I learned how to do that by writing short stories. So then as you sort of moved into novel writing, were there books that were really influential uh, in your own writing? We already mentioned how The Hero and the Crown, uh, back when you read it when you were younger, you is still very influential. But were there other books that you remember from that time when you started to get serious towards novel writing? Um, so that's a really interesting question. I I did everything backwards um, and it's to, to my regret, honestly, even to this day. So I wrote a novel, although I'd had, had writing chops, obviously. I had been published in short stories. I had actually made a little bit of money. Um, so I could call it a pro sale, you know, per se. But I didn't, I didn't, I went into writing a novel the same way I wrote short stories, which was I didn't study the craft. I was just like, I've read lots of books. I understand the basics of story. I'm just going to write a book. Um, and that was a huge mistake. And I ended up writing four, what we call, um, trunk novels because I didn't actually take the time to learn and to study the craft. And actually even my first book that came out, which is the nightmare affair was written pre pre studying, you know, pre pre, you know, learning how to do this. And, you know, they didn't teach us in creative writing classes, some of these very traditional storytelling methods. So I ended up doing a lot of that um, after the first books came out because, you know, I wanted to get better. Um, I wanted to, you know, up my game per se. And since then I have discovered books that have been far more influential to my writing than anything ever before. Um, and they are actually screenwriting books and creative writing books. Um, one of my absolute favorite is Story by Robert McKee. Um, and it is a screenwriting book, but it just, every time I need inspiration to write, uh, if I'm stuck, I go and I listen to it and I listen to some of his tips. And it just gets me excited to actually dig into the craft and, you know, the craft of the story. Um, and there have been numerous books like that um, since that's happened. And of course, you know, every time I'm reading any book, like for pleasure, they end up being an influence as well. You know, my favorite books that I read over and over again. Um, but you try not to let them kind of get into your mind when you're telling your story because you want your stories to be your own, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, but, but there have been plenty, like, for example, I'm absolutely, I'm a huge fan of Maggie Stiefvater. Um, she wrote The Scorpio Races um, and also The Raven Boys, or The Raven Cycle series. And those those books inspire me, you know, they inspire me sometimes in a bad way. I'm like, I read and I go, oh, I'm never going to be this good. Um, but that's actually a good thing. Uh, and so I will read them uh, over and over again, sometimes for inspiration. And 
with your writing, did it sort of always naturally bend towards uh, YA or our younger protagonists? Or how did you kind of come to find that in a lot of your writings? Um, it kind of happened. The story kind of chose me. So the first four books I wrote, I wrote them as adults. Um, and then when I started writing what would be my fifth book, which is The Nightmare Affair, which got published, I started that one as adult as well. And that story... Um, is about a, a girl who's half human, half nightmare, as in the folklore creature that sits on your chest when you're trying to sleep and gives you bad dreams. Um, and I, I thought, um, you know, that'd be a really, really awkward and funny kind of job to have, let's say, as a woman. And when I started writing it, though, I realized right away that it was going to be very adult in order to be believable. And I, I, I got into it and I was like, I don't know if this is the story I want to tell. Um, and as soon as I realized that I didn't want it to, because it was just going to get dirty pretty quickly. And as much as I like romance, that just wasn't my strong suit. So then I asked myself, well, what if we made this person younger? Um, and by and by doing so, um, it allowed me to avoid those the things I didn't necessarily want to write about and make it more fun and more lighthearted. And so as soon as that happened, I kind of sort of found my voice. Um, I found that I really, really loved Young Adult. I had started reading it around the same time. This is about the time when the Twilight movies came out. Um, so Young Adult was, and then The Hunger Games shortly thereafter, was on the scene big time. And it was just a very natural and easy step to make towards the young adult story. And so a lot of your writing uh, so far has been uh, series and sequels. So is, does that sort of come to you initially that you kind of see, even though you don't know what the next stories will be, you kind of see a series forming or... Does it happen as you're getting into that first book where you see how this world and these characters can kind of expand and grow? Yeah, uh, it, it definitely happens the second way. Um, I don't, I, ne- I hardly ever start out, actually, let me rephrase it. I never start out saying I want to write a series. Um, and actually, as, the older I get as a writer, the more I look for stories that I can tell in one um, as a standalone because I feel like in publishing it just makes better sense. Um, but yeah, that's what happens is you spend so much time you know, especially in fantasy and science fiction, which I, I've published in both, um, you spend so much time world building and that, you know, the world and you put so much effort into it and the world is so big that those other stories just naturally play a part. Um, but I, and I do think I am predisposed to wanting to tell more than one story in one world. So I kind of struggle against that a little bit, but I, I'm just that kind of writer. Um, and my plots tend to be fairly complicated as well. And so it's very hard often to get get what I need accomplished done in a single book. And so your new book, uh, Onyx and Ivory, uh, is the first uh, in a in a series in a, in uh, the Ryan Chronicles. It's actually a duology, um, I, which so so book two is written and uh, we're not in editing yet, but book two ends the story. Um, and as far as I know, that's it. It will not continue past that. Um, and every and the books I've been working on since then are standalones. But yeah, Onyx and Ivory is a duology. Uh, the same as my, my sci-fi series, Avalon and Polaris, was also a duology. And a duology, um, it's a nice, happy place in between, you know, series writing and standalones. Um, and I'm, I'm okay to inhabit that space. The thing with about series, um, especially in our, our current publishing state of being, unless you're the very top 
people that are writing right now, the big, big, big names, it's very hard to get, to have an ongoing series because the publishers, you know, your, your, pub, your readership drops off after the first book, it, no matter how good the series is, even Harry Potter, you know, there's a lot more people that have read the first book than people who have read book seven. Um, so for a mid-lister like myself, that has a much bigger impact in terms of our sales. So, um, uh, which again is why I want to try and keep my stories more toward the standalone duology area. And so with Onyx and Ivory, uh, that is your newest book that's coming out. Mm -hmm. uh, let's start off. Give me the synopsis of, of what the book's about. So usually when people ask me this question, I say um, it's basically pitch black. The movie meets the Pony Express. At least that's where the book started. Um, it's really not what it's about anymore. Um, and basically, uh, the world of Rhyme, which is the kingdom, has a really bad dragon problem. And these dragons, they're actually called night drakes. Um, and they only come out at night when the sun goes down, which is like the pitch black thing. Um, and they will eat anything that's human or that anything that humans have touched. So any livestock that have been handled by humans are, are what these creatures hunt. So the society has learned to live behind um, magically fortified walls uh, and also what we call the relay towers. And the relay is... Um, the, the royal courier system in this kingdom. And my main character, Kate, works for the relay. Um, and it's very dangerous, of course, because if, you know, horses are pretty, actually fairly fragile creatures. And so if you're dry, if you're riding a long distance and something happens, you know, you may not make it into your city before night falls, in which case you're going to die. Um, so it's a very dangerous, scary job, but she is uniquely fitted to doing it because she has um, a secret magical ability that she can communicate with animals. So, you know, if a horse is going to go lame, she's going to sense it ahead of time. And that gives her an edge. Um, but of course the magic is forbidden um, because there's two types of magic. There's what we call the magist, the magist system, which is kind of, um, it is the, the kingdom has endorsed it essentially. And they've outlawed what we call wilder magic, which is what she has. And that's kind of where the story starts. Um, she is the daughter of a traitor. Uh, her father tried to assassinate the king like three years before the story starts. And so she is living incognito in this, this faraway city. Um, and then her old friend and lover, uh, Corin, who is also who is a prince, of course, uh, shows up and things kind of turn on their head. And during uh, the first part of the story, they, re they discover that the night drakes are suddenly able to attack during the day. Um, and they, they, it's kind of a mystery that they, they set out to discover why is this happening? Because, of course, nowhere is safe when we have drakes coming out during the day and the night. And so then what was, what was the initial idea uh, that brought you to writing this book? Um, it actually started with the world, which is not normally where I start. Um, normally I start with a what if. I start with a question like, well, for example, what if? dragons roamed the night and you couldn't be outside would have been a story idea but with this one in particular i had been asked to do a guest post a blog post for an online writing conference called write on con and they wanted me to write about world building because of course i you know had nightmare fair was coming out and it was a, a paranormal or a contemporary fantasy and so in order to write about it i figured i would just take readers through my process of world building and during that time i i just came up with this idea I, I wanted to write I knew I wanted to write a story that had a Pony Express or a messenger type element to it because I just like those stories I'm not sure why um, I, I don't know if you remember the TV series Dark Angel that came out back in yeah. like the late 90s I, okay well good I love Dark Angel and she's a messenger she rides around on her bike and there's just so many fun things you can do with that kind of 
um, job essentially. So I'm like, well, let's give my character this job. And so I'm, and as I went through my role building process on paper, the idea for the story came together right there. Now, of course, it was only very initial steps at that point, but it definitely started with the idea of, of a world where you had to be behind the walls at night, um, and if you didn't, you were going to get eaten by drakes, by night drakes. And being that you said that you have this love of horses and, and animals play an aspect in the book, was that something that you were sure to pull in and, and did it make it writing easier because it, it was something that was close to your personal life? Yeah. And actually, you know, I had five books before this and there wasn't any horses in any of them. Um, and horses are a huge part of my life. Um, so it was fun to finally write a story where I could include them. Um, but I, and it was, it made it easier and harder at the same time because I have to constantly remind myself that this is not an obsession that most people share. <laughs> you know, most people are not horse people and they're not obsessed with it. And so every time I talk about the horse part, I always feel like I have to preface it and say, it's actually not about horses. <laughs> the horses are at this, they play this very small part. Um, so I had, a, I definitely did a lot of trimming to make sure that the horse details, um, were reader friendly and just very, um, you know, small and believable and whatnot. And so after uh, having written uh, many books in the past and this one, how have you found that your writing discipline or your habits have changed uh, from book to book? Um, so as I have studied craft, as I, I mentioned earlier, I've gotten a lot more, I've gotten better. Let's just put it that way. You, you know, call a spade a spade. I've gotten better at figuring out the story, the bones of the story, without flailing around. And by that I mean I, I tend to be what we call a pantser, which is someone that just dives in um, and writes the story without really, without without outlining or plotting per se. Um, I've gotten better at doing both, about out, outlining and pantsing at the same time. Um, and I've gotten, you know, I, I it's this I, I'm more deliberate about what happens in the story, especially when it comes to the character arc. So that the change that the character is going to go through, that was something that I didn't really understand when I first started. I still probably don't truly understand it. Um, but I do know that it's a critical piece. And so I'm more deliberate in my choices about what happens. Um, and I feel like that reflects in the story. I think they're a little bit, they're tighter. Um, and you know, and they get better with each time. I hope. <laughs> And with being such a, a a big lifelong reader when it comes to fantasy and and horror uh, and things and things of that nature, do you ever kind of venture out towards uh, other categories like something maybe more contemporary? And do you have any favorites in in those types of genres at all? Um, I do. I, I don't read a lot of contemporary. Um, I read. I, I read. I tend more towards crime and mystery when I step outside of the science fiction and fantasy. Um, and of course, you know, the horror. So as far as those genres, some of my favorites, I really, I, I enjoy certain authors that I will read. Um, I definitely, I've read all the Gillian Flynn books. Um, I actually, I, I prefer, um, Dark Places. I think that's the name of that one more than Gone Girl. I think, is that the right title? Um, so I really, I really enjoyed that one. Um, I like, um, I like Dennis Lehane a lot. Um, I enjoy his um, detective series. Oh, I like Tammy Hogue a lot. Um, Tammy Hogue is a horse person, <laughs> which is probably why I like her. Um, she rides she rides competitively, and she's really interesting, and so I tend to read her, her mysteries a lot too. Um, 
yeah, and Stephen King, of course, and you know some of the big hitters. Sure. And with your writing, and with being such a lifelong uh, lover uh, of books, do you think that the books that you're writing now are books that uh, the younger Mindy would have just loved and cherished uh, as a young person? I do. I do. I, I, I hope, I hope so. Um, because when it comes down to it, you know, you're, you're writing for yourself. Um, and if you're not writing for yourself, you might be in trouble. Um, because writing, the writing is wonderful. Publishing is very hard. It is like swimming with a sea of sharks. Um, and so it, when you have those two things happening together, this, this love of writing and this, this very, very difficult business, if you're not writing stories that make you happy and that fulfill you as a person, I, I think you're not going to make it, um, you know, because there's so many challenges. So I, for sure, I, I believe that my younger self would love these stories. My current self loves these stories. Um, I spend hours and hours and weeks and months and, you know, lots of creative energy and lots of my soul, per se, uh, writing these books um, with, you know, with, with only the slightest possibility that they're going to be big, quote unquote. Um, and so, yeah, you, you need to please yourself as the reader first, in my opinion. That's great. That's wonderful. Uh, so a few questions sort of as we wind down. The first one being, what is your favorite movie that's based on a book? I have to say, I- I'm going to go with two. I love the Lord of the Rings movies. And I'm going to probably get crucified for saying this, but I actually like the movies better than the books. Really? Um, I do. And it, I, re- I watched the first movie first and I had never read the book. Um, and then I, of course I read them and a lot of it is, is that as, as beautiful as it is, they're just not very exciting. Like they're, they're, they're as far from young adult as you can get. They're very sure. dense. It's like reading history texts. Um, and as, although I enjoyed it, I just did not love it. I, I like cinematic stories. I like stories that follow that more traditional art. Um, now I will say that I liked the Hobbit, the book way better than the movies. So right. there is that. And the other one that I'm going to say that I like, um, is Wonder Boys which is based on the book by Michael Shabon. Yes. Um, I love that movie. And actually, this, again, this is a situation where I love the movie better than the book. <laughs> I, I read the book after the movie. Um, and while the book is interesting, uh, I, the movie is better. And the reason why it's better, at least for me, is because so much of it is focused on the publishing journey. And at the time that it had come out, um, I, was an, I was still aspiring. I hadn't even written my first novel. So it was one of my go-to films. I would go to it and I'd watch it again and again to inspire myself to want to write and to be a published writer. So it's probably why it's, it's one of my, my favorite um, films based on book. That's great. Uh, next question. Mm-hmm. Is there a book or series that you're willing to admit you've either never read or simply weren't able to finish? So I, I struggled hard with this one too. There are actually many, many, many series that I start and don't finish. Um, the only one I'm willing to cop to on this one would be the Mistborn series by Brandon Sanderson. Um, I read the first book. It was fine. I enjoyed it. Um, but it didn't stick with me, uh, very much. And for me to want to, to read the next book in a series, the first book really has to knock my socks off because there's so many books. I'm not a particularly fast reader. Um, and so I'm, I'm very particular, especially these days, about what books I will continue on with. And finally, what is the last great book that you've read? Oh, I like this question because I just finished it, actually, um, like a week or so ago. I read The Hazelwood by Melissa Albert. Um, this just came out. I think it came out um, the 
maybe the second or third week of January. Um, it's all over the bestseller list for good reason. Um, this book is beautifully written, beautifully written. Like the language is just, and which I'm a sucker for, for pretty prose. Um, it's beautifully written and it is so magical and scary and fun. Um, and it is, it gives me, this is a book I categorize like the film Goonies. Now, when I grew up, Goonies was my favorite film. I loved it then. I still love it. And that sense of adventure, this book does that to me. When a book can do that to me, can elicit that experience, then it is an awesome book. Um, and it is a urban fantasy. Uh, and it's actually a portal fantasy at the same time. So it takes place primarily in New York with this girl who is being haunted by fairy tale stories. Um, but not your, your fairy tale stories like we know them, not Cinderella, not, um, you know, not Sleeping Beauty and whatnot, but new fairy tale stories that are creepy and scary and horrible and just amazing at the same time. Um, again, this book, it, it was, it's going to definitely be one of my all time favorite books. That's great. Uh, so Mindy, Onyx and Ivory is your newest book. It sounds great. And I wish you and the book all the best. All right. Well, thank you so much. I think for, thanks for having me. This was great. And that does it for another episode of What Book Hooked You. Special thanks to Mindy Arnett for joining me. Her book, Onyx and Ivory, comes out on May the 15th. I hope you'll check it out. And I hope you'll check out some of the other great episodes we have with some YA authors. I'm Brock Shelley. And until next time, keep reading.